Okay, so today we're looking at Batman number 18, the August-September issue from 1943, published in June or July of 1943, and we're looking at the fourth comic within that issue. On the cover, we have the crime surgeon. Just the top of his face. We can't see his nose. It's below the end of the page. But we can see his eyes, which are giant and glassy and green. And his ears in front of his sticky white hair. And his eyebrows, which are very dark and fuzzy. On the top of his head, he's wearing one of those little Dr. Light hats that he was wearing before. And reflected in the Dr. Light hat, we see Batman and Robin running towards us, but like slightly distorted. And this comic is called The Last Case of the Crime Surgeon. I guess he will be definitively defeated in this comic. So the comic starts out with a jailbreak. All the criminals Batman has previously apprehended are attempting to break out of jail. It's not going very well for them. A lot of them get shot. But as they go, they do shoot the warden. Then all the guards get mad and it goes even worse for them. Eventually, they're all recaptured and put back in jail. But since the warden was shot, he's in real trouble. He needs hospitalization immediately. In fact, it seems like he was shot in the brain, so he needs brain surgery. They can't really move him, so they just take him inside to the prison doctor. The prison doctor's all, brain surgery like this is too much for me. And one of the guards who brought the warden in is all, all right then, to save the warden, call the most brilliant surgeon here. Convict 5649. What's this? The comic goes. A convict operate on a prison warden. And it's true. Only the skill of that convict can save the warden's life. We see him in the shadows putting on his surgical gown. And then he walks out of the shadows to reveal the crime surgeon. He's very amenable to saving the warden's life. He seems to enjoy being a doctor again. And... Within a couple hours, they get the brain surgery finished and the warden's gonna be fine. I wonder if he'll get telekinesis too. After the surgery is over, everybody congratulates the crime surgeon, Dr. Thorne. They're all, wow, that was such a brilliant operation, and it was an honor to assist you. Dr. Thorne's like, yes, thank you, thank you a lot. Uh, I'd better stay here to watch the warden's condition overnight. And since he's a medical person, they all decide that he knows best and they leave him to watch the warden with only one guard. But that was a mistake because that night the crime surgeon gets up. His guard is all, hey, what are you doing? Dr. Thorne is all, just getting some medicine for the warden. But then he goes over to his guard and whacks him in the face. He's all, you gullible fool, breathe, breathe this ether and go to sleep. The guy's all, you, all, and then he's knocked out on the ground, and Dr. Thorne is able to make a mad dash for the exit. People do shoot at him, but he gets over the wall eventually. After he's out, he's all, I made it, I made it, I'm free, free to carry on the work of the crime clinic. 
but not the real clinic. There's no way anyone's going to let him be their doctor after he was imprisoned. Not without extenuating circumstances, anyway. But, like he said, the crime clinic can reopen. And one month later, the criminal kingpins of a neighboring city receive strange business cards. And we get to see the card. It says, Rx, worrying yourself sick over how to operate a crime? Soon the crime clinic will visit your town and cure your ills. I guarantee to doctor your trouble with expert treatment. And all the crime bosses in the neighboring city seem pretty happy with that. And over the next couple months, the doctor sets up temporary offices in a bunch of cities. And he does a lot of business with patients. We see them lined up outside the door. We even get to see one of them interviewing. He says that he wants to crack a vault. But he can't with them guards around. The doctor's all, hmm, my diagnosis indicates a complete lack of brain work. It's a simple case, really. And then he gives the guy his Rx prescription to administer gas, tear gas, treatment to the guards, and then apply powder, aka dynamite, to the vault doors. And just like that, an epidemic breaks out. An epidemic of crime, as the crime clinic travels cross-country. But how, you may ask, can Dr. Thorne take his amazing laboratory from city to city? He put it on wheels. Must be a bit smaller than usual, but I suppose he's not offering any, like, actual physical services, so it should work out fine. Back in Gotham City, Batman and Robin are tracking the crime clinic stops. They have all the places they've been able to trace the crime clinic to plotted on this big map. And then Batman pokes it with one of his little pointer sticks. The places where the crime clinic has shown up seem to start on the east coast and then slowly travel out west in a fairly straight line. Batman's all. The police tell me their stool pigeons have learned the crime clinic mails cards announcing its arrival. And these are the cities it's visited. We look at the map and then he's all, Robin, what did this map show us? It's a little hard to tell. It seems like he's just generally going west, but Robin has better information on geography than me. He says that the crime clinic is stopping at all the key cities as it moves westward in an almost straight line. Ah, uh, yes, the key cities. I know exactly where those are. Batman's all, yep. So we can assume it'll visit this city next, and then he taps somewhere on the map. Wow, I should have guessed. This city is such a big and populous city. No wonder the crime clinic is going there. And the very next day, in the city that Batman named, a shoeshine boy wanders around the tough slum section. He's polishing people's shoes, and not just any people's shoes, shoes of thugs. You can tell because they're speaking with D's instead of T-H's and disparaging the cops. We follow this shoeshine boy wearing a green hat, green pants, and a yellow shirt, so he's obviously just Robin, around for two panels until he shines the shoes of a guy named Flop Ears. While he's doing that, some other thug comes up to Flop Ears and asks, What's news? And Floppiers wants to tell him all about the news. Apparently, the doc's in town today, and Floppiers went to the clinic. He even set up an operation for tonight, personally. The other guy gets annoyed, and he grabs Floppiers away from the shoeshine kid, and he's all, What are you doing shooting your mouth off in front of that kid? 
And Flap Ears, who's ridiculously tall, goes, So what? People talk about doctors? How is the kid gonna know? I mean, the crime doctor. But back with the shoeshine boy, after he's finished up his day of work, he rubs his face with a towel and transforms back into Dick Grayson. I don't think he actually rubbed off any makeup, just some dirt and stains. He goes to meet Batman and he tells him all about what Floppier said during the day. He's all, I'll bet my yo-yo he meant he's going to see Dr. Thorne. And Bruce, of course, believes him and is happy to have the lead. So tonight they're going to trail Floppiers and see if he leads them to Dr. Thorne. And that night, not with Batman and Robin, with Dr. Thorne in his secret laboratory, he prepares for an operation. A crime operation. He's got another assistant. This one is called Pills. And it's an appropriate name because this guy always seems to be popping vitamin pills. He's got this little box that says AB on one side. And part of the other side is covered up by his thumb. But what we can read says Tamin. The doctor prepares and Pills also prepares by taking a bunch of vitamin pills. And then they head off to their crime site. It's actually an excavation site where the city is installing a new sewer system. And while we're watching, the comic tells us, the night watchman suddenly slumps into unconsciousness. Now you would think it would be described like that if he was like poisoned or something and slumped into unconsciousness unprompted. But no, he's actually slipped into unconsciousness because somebody came up behind him and whacked him on the head with a gun. That was a bit misleading, comic. Soon after the Watchman has been knocked unconscious, some beat cop walks by, and when he does, he sees not a bunch of criminals robbing the place, just a bunch of workmen. He's all, hey, how come you guys are working tonight? And the workmen are like, oh, orders, we gotta finish this job fast, and it's tough too. We're gonna have to blast plenty of rocks. So that guy strolls on, and we see, behind another building, the crime surgeon and flop ears. They let us know that these workmen aren't really workmen. They're part of flop ears' gang, just pretending to be workmen. They're going to set off a bunch of explosives so that the explosives that blow the bank vault doors off are disguised. That is pretty clever. Or at least it would have been if Batman hadn't caught on to this and we get a pretty cool shot of him perched on the top of a crane, looking down on everyone from his high perch, including Robin, who is just standing on the street above the quarry. But it gives him enough height to swoop down upon the men working inside the quarry and kick one in the face. And then Batman jumps off the crane. Wow, Batman. That is a pretty tall crane. I believe you'll be able to jump effectively without getting hurt, though. You are good at jumping. In fact, he jumps right down on the crime surgeon. The crime surgeon's all, you, and then Batman punches him in the face. He's taken out really easily, and then Batman and Robin go on to beat up Floppier's gang. Floppier's comes after Batman with a, but then Batman turns and punches him in the chest. He's all, I heard your floppy feet. Over in the quarry, Robin's having a bit of trouble. Somebody got behind the wheel of the crane and has lowered it right down on him. He manages to dodge out of the way, but it was close. Batman picks up something from the ground and throws it so hard into the guy piloting the crane that he just falls straight out of the crane. Then Floppy's whole gang is taken out, and Batman and Robin go to chase the crime surgeon. 
He got back up from being punched, and now he's running away. Away into the sewer pipes. Batman and Robin chase after. All around the pipes, but when the doctor gets to the end of the tunnel, he has an escape vehicle waiting for him. An ambulance. A green one. Robin's all, golly, he pulled a fast one. And Batman's like, yeah, the good doctor's always prepared. He had that stolen ambulance set up for his getaway just in case. But now Batman and Robin have lost the crime surgeon. and They have nothing to do but go home. And three days later, in another key city, the crime surgeon strikes again. Not with an actual crime, but he does send out his business card to some guy in an orange suit smoking a cigarette. The guy's all, now that he sent me this business card, he'll probably send me a representative to see about the job. And not long after, Pill shows up with his box of pills and offers to take the guy to see the doctor. And he's generous enough to offer this guy a pill as well. Wow. The guy turns down the pill, but he does take the offer to go see the doctor. They head out right away, but... Before they get into the car, Pills needs to blindfold this man. He's all, hey, why the blindfold? And Pills says that just in case he's a spy for the police or something, he needs to be blindfolded so he can't see the way to the hideout. So the man, whose name is Slick Minder, is taken off to the hideout. We don't actually get to see where it is, though. Instead, we get to hear the sounds that the car makes as they drive towards the hideout. First, we hear chug-chug-hiss, chug-chug-hiss, which I'm guessing is a train. Then we hear clang-clang, bong-bong, which might be a clock. Then the car shivers and rumbles, and it makes a rumble-rumble-rumble sound. Maybe they're driving over some sort of rough terrain. In the next panel, we hear moo-moo and the crackle of gravel. So, of course, they're in the countryside driving past cows. And finally we hear, roar, splash, roar, splash. Did they go to the zoo or those lions? After we hear those five panels of noises, the man, Slick Minder, gets his blindfold taken off in the home of the crime surgeon. The crime surgeon greets him and asks him to sit down, and Slick Minder acts very impressed. Don't people usually come to the crime surgeon to get their crime diagnosed? It's a little weird for him to have somebody brought there instead. Slick Minder is just sat down to do business with the crime surgeon when some thug comes in outside, and he's dragging Robin. He's all, we found him outside. He must have trailed pills. Slick Minder looks over at Robin and he's like, Robin, I thought I told you to... Oh, oh. And of course, since the crime surgeon's very smart, he picks up on the thing that this criminal has said right in front of him and he's all, You told him the what? What, Slick? What? Then he goes over to Slick Minder and rips open his orange suit to reveal the bat symbol. Slick Minder was actually Batman wearing an orange suit the entire time. Very clever. This isn't a Jerry Robinson comic, so no one would suspect that Batman would wear orange. Except for maybe the crime surgeon, because he says right then that he thought that Slickminder was Batman. Maybe he just means he thought Slickminder was Batman within, like, the last minute. And Slickminder confirms that he is indeed Batman, and that the real Slickminder is 
somewhere else. Unclear where, just that Batman knocked him out three days ago and disguised himself as Slickminder. But where is he, Batman? What did you do with him for the last three days? Did you just, like, give him to the police and then ask them to keep quiet about it? I'm gonna say that's what you did. That seems the most likely. Now that Batman is revealed, he has no choice but to fight all the crime surgeon's thugs. Robin also starts fighting the crime surgeon's thugs. They're doing pretty well until one of the crime surgeon's thugs does the impossible and actually manages to shoot one of them. He shoots Robin right in the chest. Robin falls to the floor and Batman freaks out. He goes, Robin, Robin. And the crime surgeon also freaks out a little. He's all, you trigger-minded rat. I told you I wouldn't tolerate any shootings. You're working for a doctor, not a killer. Then he whacks the guy in the head to the ground and takes away his gun. If you didn't want him to shoot anyone, why did you let him have a gun in the first place? Like, I get that it could be his own gun, but... You probably should have expressed your no-guns policy more clearly. Then the crime surgeon goes over to Batman and Robin. He checks on Robin, who is not dead, but he probably will need an operation right away. And the crime surgeon, because he is a surgeon and doesn't want Robin to die, he's nice enough to do that for us. Batman even gets to play nurse again. And after a long ordeal... Robin is fine. Mostly fine. He still needs to go to the hospital, but he's stable enough to move. The crime surgeon's like, all right, well, you better get to the hospital now. Batman's like, you mean you're not going to try to stop us? Batman, you are stupid sometimes. Didn't he just tell you that he wasn't going to let Robin die? And then he said that Robin needed to go to the hospital not to die? Of course he's not going to stop you. Batman's still in a little disbelief, but Dr. Thorne just explains that he is a doctor, even if he is barred from practicing, and he's not going to let anyone die on his watch. So Batman picks up Robin, and they get back in the car with Batman blindfolded again, and drive off to the hospital. Once they get there, a nurse sets Robin up in a bed. He's still asleep, though, so he's not able to tell Batman where the crime surgeon's lair is, and Batman's still very invested in finding that. He was blindfolded both times, so he doesn't have much of an idea where it is. But he does have a little bit of an idea. He remembers the sounds he heard, and then he tells us that all throughout the ride, he was counting the pulse beats in his wrist, and he's going to use medicine to defeat medicine. Which way were you counting the pulse beats in your wrist? I hope it was on the way to and not back from, because I feel like you should have been more concerned about Robin on the way back from. But saying that, it must have been back from, because Batman's going to try to trace them from the hospital where he is now. He's all, normally the heart pulses 76 beats to the minute. And I was able to figure out the minute it took to get each sound I heard. Now all I have to do is rent a car and locate the same sounds by ticking off those minutes. So Batman goes back to a starting point, whether it be the hospital or where he was picked up as Slick Minder, and he starts counting. For the first 296 pulses, or approximately four minutes, he heard a chugging sound. And then he sees a train. It goes chug, chug, hiss. So we were right about the first one. Then he keeps going. After about six seconds, he hears a clang, clang, clang. It's a blacksmith striking a hammer to some horseshoes. I guess you picked the right way to go, Batman. But we were wrong about this one. We thought it might have been a clock. 
defend Batman goes over a bridge and his car rumble, rumble, rumbles. Rough terrain, bridge, like 50% on that one. Now he's out in the country and he passes a field of cattle going moo, moo. We were right about that one too, but it was easy to get right. And finally, as he keeps driving, he comes across a waterfall, which goes roar and splash. Okay, I thought that was a zoo. I was completely wrong. But Batman has now figured it out. He's in the place where the crime surgeon was. He stops his car to look around for the hideout. Check behind the waterfall, Batman. I hear they hide lots of cool things. Batman doesn't check behind the waterfall, though. Instead, he looks down at the road, which is a dirt road, so it holds tire tracks really well, and he sees some extra wide tire tracks. He goes, now I get it. I understand why that room was so narrow and long, and the window's so small. The crime clinic is on wheels, on the wheels of a trailer. Batman, we already guessed it had wheels, remember? Back at the beginning when he was moving it all around? Whatever. Now Batman knows he's looking for a trailer. And not only that, he has a stroke of luck when he sees a spot that the trailer is backed into the road in. And it's left a perfect print of its license plate. Wow, it's backwards, but Batman's able to figure out that it's 50198. I guess nobody ever said the crime surgeon was a good driver or knew his license plate was pressing into the dirt. So Batman calls the state police and puts out a watch for a trailer with a Gotham State license number 50198. Is Gotham a state? Yes, I think Batman did just imply that Gotham was a state. It seems like license plate numbers are assigned by state. That's weird. After calling the police, Batman goes back to Robin's hospital room, but he doesn't get to stay there long because soon the police come in and tell him that the crime surgeon's trailer was seen parked near a goldfield in California. So Batman is off to California again. But since again we travel at the speed of thought, we get there first and we get to see what the crime surgeon's doing. Right now he's looking at this machine called a gold dredge. One of the thugs says that it scoops up gravel, washes it through a screen, and traps the gold. Dr. Thorne is all, that's very interesting. And the company safe holds all the gold? Hmm, yes, Tipper, I'm very interested. This guy's name is Tipper because his parents thought Trigger was too cliche. Now, Dr. Thorne is going to break into this gold machine tomorrow. But tonight, he's still doing medicine. Seems like one of his thugs, or someone he knows at least, has a wife who's gotten sick. She needs an operation, and she's in a coma right now. The doctor needs to go get his stuff, and then he'll return tonight to do her surgery. As he's gathering up his stuff, though, he gets a message from one of his thugs that they're going to move the gold machine early in the morning, so they're going to have to strike tonight instead of tomorrow morning. The crime surgeon's all, get your men together, Tipper, let's go. But then he remembers Mako's wife. She needs her operation tonight, but if he does it tonight, he won't be able to get all his gold. He spends a few agonizing minutes thinking it over, but then he goes, Eh, Mako's wife isn't that ill. She can wait. I'll operate later. She's in a coma. Although, I guess I don't know how dangerous comas are. I suppose some people stay in comas for years, but still. 
So that night, instead of doing the operation, Dr. Thorne betrays his doctor's oath and goes to steal gold instead. But it's clear that he feels bad about it. His thugs are all, hey, you're acting kind of nervous, Doc. Is something on your mind? He's like, Mako wasn't here. His thugs are like, yeah, well, he had to stay with his sick wife, and they continue breaking into the gold machine. But then, who shows up but Batman? He can travel almost as fast as us, and he starts beating up all the thugs. The crime surgeon runs away, leaving his guys to all be beaten up, but Batman's really quick at beating up thugs, even though he doesn't have Robin with him, and he's following the crime surgeon in no time. They run through the vaulted interior of the gold dredge itself. As they go, Batman's like, You're a fool, and you won't get away this time. Crime surgeon, who was really good at running away before, is all out of breath. He's like, Puff, puff. I can try, Batman. Puff, puff. I can try. They continue running and eventually get to the top of the gold dredge, where they fight. Batman insists that he's taking the crime surgeon in, but of course the crime surgeon won't go. Eventually, Batman chases the crime surgeon up to the very top platform and then punches him in the face. He's all, I'm taking you in. But the crime surgeon won't have it. He gets an extra crazy look in his eye and pulls out this giant scalpel. He's all, I swear it, I'll kill you before I go back to prison. Batman kind of lurches back. He's all, he's going to stab me with that scalpel. But then, completely unexpectedly, as Batman flinches away, the crime surgeon shot in the back and drops his scalpel as Batman looks on in confusion. And on the ground, a bit away from the gold machine, we see that Mako has arrived. He's holding a smoking gun as the crime surgeon teeters on the edge of the platform and he's all, You double-crossing rat! My wife died! You could have saved her, but you didn't! You didn't! Over with Batman, he is able to grab Dr. Thorne away from the edge and lays him down on the ground as he dies. He's all, we'll catch Mako. He'll pay for this. But the crime surgeon, Dr. Thorne, is all, no, Batman, he's right. Any doctor who deserts a patient should be shot. I'm going to die now. I'm glad it's all over. I won't have to go on fighting myself anymore. Ah, yes, his compulsion to do good, symbolized by being a doctor and his urge to commit crimes. He's all, don't think too badly of me, Batman, and tell Robin I'm sorry he was hurt. Batman's like, yeah, I'll, I'll tell Robin his doctor was asking about him. And so ends the strange case of Dr. Thorne, the crime surgeon, the doctor who could not cure himself. How sad. The end. But wait, before you go. Something special is happening next time. I know you guys were excited to see the crime surgeon again, but you need to get twice excited. Batman is going multimedia now. Tune in next time to hear all about it.